Rachel Miller, and I'm so glad that you are here joining me today. I wanted to speak about some things that God has been speaking, and it's not anything brand new. It's all things from his word. What his word says is true for all people, for all time, and sometimes that comes very prevalent in our lives, and I've been seeing this in different places And I just want to speak it and hope that it speaks into your life because a lot of us are experiencing some moving and shaking, which can be a little terrifying. But when we see how God has done it in the past, it hasn't changed. He still does the same thing. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we can learn from his word what we can do with this moving and shaking because, my friends, our God desires mercy. So... I'm someone who naturally tends to not kind of jump all in right away sometimes. (laughs) I mean, I'm kind of adventurous and I like to go do fun things. But as far as committing to things, I kind of dip my toes in different pools, not really jump all in because I want to, I don't know, spread myself out a little bit, not get too involved where someone might be like, oh, we don't want you here. So I'd rather just be able to like pull back whenever necessary but there have been some times in my life where I've jumped all in and I put all my career in something or all of my future, all of my present, all of my time, all of my resources into one pool. And it ended up not being great because while the pool was something that was glorifying to God, like I I chose that pool, I decided to put everything into that because I saw that it was good and I saw that it was glorifying to God. I wasn't putting all of my eggs in God's basket, I was putting all my eggs in this basket that seemed to glorify God. So it was a reflection rather than actually putting my eggs into God's basket, if you will. So when the storm came, it took out everything because I'd put everything into that one pool or that one basket and the storm came and completely shook and tore everything away and since I put everything in that one thing it left me with nothing have you ever had that happen before where you put all your faith all your hope all of your resources your time you invest in that one thing and it could be a really good thing It could be something that's God-glorifying, that builds you up, that helps you love others. It could be a great thing, but then it gets torn away from you, and you are left wondering, what in the world? I thought our God was a loving God. That's not the first time this has happened. I think a lot of us see that with COVID. A lot of us have experienced this moving and shaking where our foundations, our faith, our hope in this, either if you put it in one basket or a couple of baskets and those things just got completely shaken and you don't have those places of security anymore. It's taken away. But we can see that this is not the first time this has happened. We see in the Bible how God uproots, how things fade, and how he shakes things. In Matthew 15, 13, it says, this is Jesus. He replied, every plant that my heavenly father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. And in Isaiah 40, verse 8, the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. And there when it's referencing grass and flowers, 
if we go back a little bit, says all people are like grass and all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely people are grass. Then it says the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. Then in Hebrews 12 verse 27, it says the words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. So the things that we put our faith and trust in, these seen things, whether that's your house, whether that's your status, whatever it is that you're putting your faith and your trust in, it can be uprooted, it can fade, and it can be shaken. One place we see this is in Joel 2. The whole book of Joel is about this time when the locusts come and completely destroy the land. And the people are upset because they don't have, they were an agricultural people, so this was very important to them to have this. It wasn't like they were in a big city or industry where they had other huge resources. But in Joel 2, it talks about how the locusts came and how we can turn to God when things get taken away. Because, my friends, our God desires mercy. Joel 2, verses 1 through 3 say, Blow a trumpet in Zion, sound an alarm on my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming, it is near. A day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness. Like blackness there is spread upon the mountains, a great and powerful people. Their like has never been before, nor will, nor will be again after them. Through the years of all generations... Fire devours before them, and behind them a flame burns. The land is like a garden of Eden before them, but behind them a desolate wilderness, and nothing escapes them. So it's pretty dreadful what comes. The locusts, they completely devastate the land. In verse 10 it says, The earth quakes before them, the heavens tremble, the sun and moon are darkened, and the stars withdraw their shining. The Lord utters his voice before his army, for his camp is exceedingly great. He who executes his word is powerful, for the day of the Lord is great and very awesome. Who can endure it? And what God wants, he says, starting in verse 12. Yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart. I'm going to say that again. Yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart. With fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. And rend your hearts and not your garments. Rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and he relents over disaster. Who knows whether he will not turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. So God's calling for the people to repent, to turn to him with their hearts. Rend your hearts and not your garments. What he's saying is that he wants an internal turning to God, not an external turning to God. Because the destruction of the crops made it so they couldn't bring grain offerings to God, but their hearts could still come to him. Sometimes God 
allows the destruction. And sometimes he just does destroy. He destroys things that you thought were glorifying to him, but your heart was far from him. He wants your heart to come close to him, even if that means that your security is shaken so that you can find your security in him. Return to me with all your heart. Rend your hearts and not your garments, or other versions say tear your hearts and not your garments. Open up your heart to him. Don't just show it outwardly. In those times, they would put on sackcloth and tear their clothes when they were in great distress and they were mourning and weeping. They would be like an outward uh, an outward symbol of what was going on. But he was calling them to tear their hearts, not just their garments, not just an outward thing, but show internally that you are turning to God. And then verses 18 through 20 say, Then the Lord became jealous for his land and had pity on his people. The Lord answered and said to his people, Behold, I am sending to you grain, wine, and oil. Those were the things that they couldn't have because of the destruction of the crops. And you will be satisfied. And I will no more make you a reproach among the nations. I will remove the northerner far from you and drive him into a parched land and desolate land, his vanguard into the eastern sea and his rearguard into the western sea. The stench and foul smell of him will rise, for he has done great things. So God becomes jealous for his people and has pity on them. Our God desires mercy. Then verses 24 through 27 say, The threshing floors shall be full of grain. The vats shall overflow with wine and oil. So the things that were once completely gone, they will be overflowing and full. I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. The hopper, the destroyer, and the cutter. Those are different kinds of locusts. They came and they had eaten. And the Lord says that he will restore to you the years that that happened. My great army which I sent among you. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God, who has dwelt wondrously with you. And my people shall never again be put to shame. You shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God, and there is no one else, and my people shall never again be put to shame. He wants us to come to him with our whole hearts, not just our outward actions. The stripping away of the crops allowed them to really bring their hearts to him and not just their offerings. Do you ever just focus on bringing God your offerings instead of your whole heart? Do you feel like it's being shaken? Whatever, whatever that offering was for you. For me, it was sometimes a relationship or sometimes it was dancing. Dancing is how I worship God. And so when those things were stripped away, I had to really focus my heart on God, not just those outward actions that I thought were glorifying to God. And maybe my heart wasn't even close to him. We have to be careful where we put our foundations. Is it in something that's created or is it in something that's eternal? In Hebrews 12, there's a picture of two different mountains and then a calling for us to put our our hope and our security in what cannot be shaken. Starting in verse 18, you have not come to a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire to darkness, gloom, and storm, to a trumpet blast or to such a voice speaking words that those who heard it begged that no further word be spoken to them because they could not bear what was commanded. If even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned. The sight was so terrifying that Moses said, I am trembling with fear. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn, 
whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all men, to the spirits of righteous men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? At that time his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicates the removing of what can be shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. If our foundations are in the created things of this world, it's going to be shaken, it's going to be uprooted, it's going to fade. But if we put our hope in this kingdom, God's kingdom, Mount Zion, it cannot be shaken. Where is your foundation? Is it in something temporary or is it in something eternal? The shaking and moving of things shows us where our hope is, where our security is. The things that get shaken, the things that fade, the things that get uprooted are not necessarily even bad things. But if your heart is far from the Lord, then it's not something that's glorifying him. He wants your heart. Tear your hearts and not your garments. Return to me with all your heart. If you're frustrated with God because things are being moved and shaken, perhaps they are things that are not bringing you closer to him. Because his kingdom is a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Where is your foundation? The Israelites were upset, not because they didn't have the oil, grain, and wine, but they were upset because they didn't have the grain offering to bring to the Lord. Are you upset because what is taken is something that you're using to glorify God? Or are you just upset because it was taken away? Our God is not a mean God. He's a God of justice and compassion. He is not mean. He is merciful. He desires mercy. Grace is receiving what you don't deserve. Mercy is not receiving what we do deserve. And what we deserve is death. The wages of sin is death. God gives us the chance to turn our hearts to him who does not fade. He'll never give you up. He'll never let you down. He'll never run around and hurt you. He wants what's best for you, which is him. If things are being shaken up right now and you're frustrated that things are fading, things are being shaken, things are being uprooted, that you thought would last forever, it's actually a chance for you to turn to him because our God desires mercy and he wants your whole heart. Are you going to give it to him? Because in Hebrews, there's that warning. See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? I pray that you 
take this opportunity in the shaking, in the uprooting, in the fading, to put your faith, to put your foundation, to put your hope and security in the one who will not fade, the one who will not be shaken, the one who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I pray that you would turn to him with your whole heart and that you wouldn't just tear your garments, but that you would tear your heart, open it up to him, and allow him to come into your life. Thanks for listening today. Next week, we're going to talk about how God is fire. At the end of Hebrews 12, it says that our God is a consuming fire, and that shows up throughout scripture. So we're going to dive into that more next week. You can find us on Instagram at Life is Hard, God is Good podcast. You can join our Facebook group. Please share, rate, write reviews. Let us know how God is speaking to you, and we will see you next week. May the Lord bless you and keep you.